Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. People v. Lance Rodriguez, decided November 21, 2023. Rivera, J. Late one winter evening, defendant was riding his bicycle down a road in Queens, New York, when several New York City Police Department officers drove alongside him and twice asked him to stop. Defendant complied and, in response to an officer's inquiry, acknowledged that he was carrying a gun which turned out to be loaded. Afterwards, he pleaded guilty to a weapons charge. The question presented on this appeal is whether the officers violated the federal and state constitutions when they stopped defendant. We conclude that they did and hold that police interference with a bicyclist is a seizure requiring reasonable suspicion of a criminal offense or probable cause of a vehicle and traffic law violation. 1. Defendant was indicted on several weapons counts based on allegations that, after the police stopped him on his bicycle, he admitted he was carrying a loaded firearm in his waistband, which the police recovered. Defendant moved to suppress the gun and his statements as products of an unlawful seizure. During the suppression hearing, one of the officers testified that he and two other officers were patrolling in an unmarked police cruiser in Queens. At some point, the officers turned onto a two-way road running north-south when they saw defendant, who he described as a male Hispanic roughly 20 to 25 yards away riding south on a beach cruiser bicycle. Defendant was wearing sweatpants, a puffy snorkel jacket, and a hat. The road did not have a center lane divider or a bike lane, and cars could park legally on its east side. Three details drew the officer's attention to defendant. First, defendant was riding the bicycle down the middle of the road in a somewhat reckless fashion in that two or three cars had to stop so they didn't hit him or go around him, although the officer acknowledged that the defendant was not charged with any traffic infractions. Second, defendant had only his right hand on the handlebars. And third, Defendant was favoring his waistband and holding something with his left hand over his pants. The officer did not know what the object was except that it was bulky. The officers followed the defendant with one vehicle between their patrol car and the defendant's bicycle. Less than a minute later and shortly before the defendant reached an intersection, the officers pulled alongside the defendant and either said or yelled at police, stop or hold up, please. Defendant did not stop right away. So the officers continued following him and commanded him to stop a second time, yelling even louder either stop the bicycle, police or hold up, police. Defendant then turned right onto a side street and stopped his bike. The officers pulled alongside defendant. Defendant straddled the bike next to the testifying officer's passenger side door. Through the open car window, the officer identified himself as police and asked the defendant if he had anything on him and the defendant answered he did. The officer was caught, off guard and repeated his question, and the defendant confirmed that he was carrying something. The officer then asked defendant to step back so that he could exit the car, at which point he repeated his question. Defendant responded that he had a gun in his waistband. The officer restrained defendant while his sergeant recovered a gun. The gun was loaded with eight rounds and its chamber was empty. The officers then arrested defendant. Supreme Court denied suppression, 
concluding that defendant had not been seized and that the officer's observations provided founded suspicion for the stop, People v. Bohr. Defendant subsequently waived his right to appeal, pleaded guilty to a reduced count and was sentenced to two years incarceration and one and a half years of post-release supervision. The appellate division affirmed based on the appeal waiver, but we reversed after concluding the waiver was invalid and unenforceable, People v. Bissano. On remitter, the appellate division again affirmed, concluding that an officer's encounter is subject to the Bohr analysis and that the officers here had engaged in a justified common law inquiry when they stopped defendant. We now reverse and make clear that, like a stop of a motor vehicle, a stop of a bicyclist is a seizure under both the federal and state constitutions. 2. Both the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution and Article I, Section 12 of the New York Constitution prohibit unreasonable searches and seizures. Under the Fourth Amendment, a person is seized only when, by means of physical force or a show of authority, their freedom of movement is restrained and, to determine this, courts examine all of the circumstances surrounding the incident and ask whether a reasonable person would have believed that they were not free to leave, United States v. Hall. Apply to police pursuits, the police seize an individual under the federal constitution only once the individual either submits to police authority or, if the individual does not submit, is subdued by force, California v. Hodari d. The Fourth Amendment permits brief investigative stops, when a law enforcement officer has a particularized and objective basis for suspecting the particular person stopped of criminal activity, Navarrete v. California, Terry v. Ohio. A stop is thus constitutional where there exists reasonable suspicion of criminal activity based on the totality of the circumstances, Navarrete. However, federal law draws a bright line for traffic stops. Under the Fourth Amendment, stopping an automobile and detaining its occupants constitutes a seizure because, as the Supreme Court has explained, automobile stops generally entail law enforcement officers signaling a moving automobile to pull over to the side of the roadway, by means of a possibly unsettling show of authority that may create substantial anxiety, Delaware v. Prowse. These realities have given rise to a societal expectation that a police officer's order to pull a car over is an unquestioned police command. Brenlin v. California. The court has reached similar conclusions under our state's constitution and the common law, People v. Holman, which, the court has said, enshrined the individual's right to be let alone and refused to respond to police inquiry, People v. Holmes, see also People v. May. Applying these principles in the automobile stop context, the court has concluded that diversion of an automobile from the flow of traffic is a seizure implicating constitutional limitations. People v. Spencer, even if the automobile is temporarily stopped at a stop sign, People v. Sobitker, and even if the purpose of the stop is limited and the resulting detention quite brief, Spencer, quoting Prowse. In New York, such seizures are lawful only when based on probable cause that a driver has committed a traffic violation or when based on a reasonable suspicion that the driver or occupants of the vehicle have committed, are committing, or are about to commit a crime, People v. Henshaw. Like an automobile stop, a bicycle stop is a traffic stop that involves a show of governmental authority, see Prowse, and triggers anxiety in the individual in a manner that implicates the same social expectations regarding how reasonable people react to such authority, see Brenlin.
Whether an individual is driving a car or riding a bike, a police order to stop requires them to halt their momentum based on the expectation that any attempt to leave the scene would be so obviously likely to prompt an objection from the officer that no bicyclist would feel free to leave in the first place. Bicycle stops also implicate, in a similar manner to automobile stops, the right to be let alone and to refuse to respond to police inquiry, may, a constitutional right that would be rendered meaningless for bicyclists if we were to regard the rider's compliance with a police request to stop as anything other than a full-blown seizure. Indeed, there is no meaningful constitutional distinction between an officer commanding a driver traveling at 5 miles per hour to stop their car as was the case in Sobitger and the same officer commanding a cyclist riding at the same speed to stop their bicycle. The dissent rejects this comparison, positing that the police must engage in more significant shows of authority to stop a motor vehicle than a bicycle because, it reasons, the police almost always must activate their car's lights or sirens, or block the vehicle's movement, resulting in a possibly unsettling show of authority and potentially creating substantial anxiety and that much less is typically required to stop a bicycle. This may be true but does little to further the dissent's position since the police may make these same displays of authority to a bicyclist. Moreover, whether directed at a driver or a bicyclist, a command to stop by armed agents of the state is unsettling, frightening and destabilizing. Indeed, an armed officer's command to stop in this case, from a moving car arguably constitutes a more robust display of authority and, in turn, induces more anxiety than lights and sirens. And, when a police vehicle passes or runs parallel to a bicyclist the rider is physically vulnerable in ways that an automobile driver is not. The sudden wind loads and aerodynamic forces acting on a bicyclist create instability and loss of control, potentially leading to injurious collisions and falls. Moreover, once the police initiate contact, a reasonable bicyclist ordered to stop would not feel free to ride away. Indeed, Studies over the last several decades on the social psychology of compliance, conformity, social influence, and politeness have all converged on a single conclusion, the extent to which people feel free to refuse to comply is extremely limited under situationally induced pressures, Janice Nadler, no need to shout, bus sweeps and the psychology of coercion, collecting and summarizing studies. The dissent ignores this long-known, popularly understood reality. By contrast, our analysis is grounded in the very reasonableness which the dissent insists should be its touchstone, in that it appropriately squares our search and seizure jurisprudence with this basic reality. The dissent appears troubled by the effects of today's decision on the actions of the police, yet also seems internally conflicted. On the one hand, the dissent appears distressed over our holdings purported encouragement of more pretextual stops and potential to erode privacy for bicyclists. However, this fear is unfounded. To borrow the dissent's phrasing, the rule we set today not only ensures that bicyclists cannot be stopped based on an officer's hunter curiosity but also ensures that the police may not initiate an encounter with them absent reasonable suspicion of a crime or probable cause of a traffic violation. The dissent should train its alarm on its own approach which, by permitting police intrusions upon a bicyclist on lesser quanta of proof, would promote the very pretextual stops it fears.
Our application to bicyclists of the well-understood automobile exception follows logically from our precedents and strikes a sensible balance between the government's interest in the detection and apprehension of criminals against the encroachment involved with respect to an individual's right to privacy and personal security, people v. Cantor. The dissent's approach would greatly diminish the latter interest. Contradicting itself, the dissent also urges that our holding will result in too few stops and arrests claiming without any basis in fact or law that, after today, instead of acting to rid our streets of the deadly menace presented by loaded firearms, the police will be forced to ignore a cyclist with a waistband bulge, for no reason other than that the person happened to be riding a bicycle. Hardly. And hyperbole is not constitutional analysis. Indeed, nothing in today's decision remotely requires the police to leave what is seen, unseen, that is, to cease surveillance of bicyclists with suspiciously bulky waistbands. It merely reminds them of the constitutional limitations on their ability to intrude upon those bicyclists' personal liberty without some additional proof of criminal wrongdoing, see for example Holmes, reasonable suspicion was absent where defendant stood, in an area known for drug trafficking with an unidentified bulge in his jacket pocket, People v. Stewart, observing that a bulge in the pocket, unlike a waistband bulge, could be caused by any number of innocuous objects. Treating bicycle stops the same as other traffic stops also accords with the Vehicle and Traffic Law, VTL, which subjects bicyclists to the same rules of the road as those applicable to automobiles. While the VTL does not include bicycles within its definition of vehicles, CVTL Section 159, It grants bicyclists all of the rights and subjects them to all of the duties applicable to the driver of a vehicle, VTL Section 1231. For example, just as automobiles must contain lights visible for at least 500 feet during non-daylight hours, CVTL Section 1223, when ridden in the dark, bicycles similarly must have a lamp on the front that emits a white light and one on the back that emits a red light and both lights must be visible for at least 200 feet from each side, VTL Section 1236A. The VTL also requires bicycles to have reflective tires or reflectors mounted on the spokes of each wheel, VTL Section 1236D. In addition, just as every motor vehicle must have a suitable and adequate horn or other device for signaling, sufficiently loud to serve as a danger warning, VTL Section 375, 1A, a bicycle must have a bell or other, audible, device that can be heard for at least 100 feet, VTL Section 1236, B, just as the VTL requires automobile drivers and certain passengers to wear seat belts, VTL Section 1229C, bicyclists younger than 14 must wear helmets. VTL Section 1238, 5. An automobile driver must properly signal before turning right or left, VTL Section 1163, B, and, similarly, cyclists must signal upcoming turns using their hands or arms to warn others, VTL Section 1237. Finally, and most significantly, Bicyclists are sometimes restricted to riding on public roadways, VTL Sections 1100, A, C for example NYC Administrative Code Section 19-176, prohibiting bicycle riding on sidewalks, 
City of Rochester Code Section 34-2, same in Center City District, where no person may fail or refuse to comply with any lawful order, VTL Section 1102. By contrast, the VTL regulates pedestrians in a more limited fashion. Article 27 of the VTL contains a special list of pedestrian-only restrictions that requires them to, for example, obey traffic control signals, VTL Section 1150, yield to vehicles outside of crosswalks and, when walking outside of crosswalks, requires pedestrians to cross the street in a straight line rather than diagonally, VTL Section 1152, walk only on sidewalks where they are provided, VTL Section 1156, and refrain from obstructing traffic, VTL Section 1157. The dissent's uncontroversial observation that a bicycle simply is not a car is of no moment, we agree that the two are different forms of transportation. The point is that, in every relevant, legally significant way, bicycles are similar to cars for purposes of a police encounter. Consequently, the federal and state constitutions shield bicyclists from unwarranted government intrusions to the same extent as they do with respect to motorists. We therefore conclude that bicycle stops, like automobile stops, are seizures under both constitutions, which the police lack the authority to conduct absent reasonable suspicion of criminal activity or probable cause that the bicyclist has violated the rules of the road, see Henshaw. 3. Like all seizures, the officer's action s, during a traffic stop must be justified at its inception, Kansas v. Glover. Here, the officer's actions were unjustified from the beginning because, as the prosecution concedes, the police possessed neither probable cause of a VTL violation nor reasonable suspicion of criminality, Hinshaw. Although the officer vaguely commented during the suppression hearing that defendant was riding in a somewhat reckless manner, he did not testify that he suspected a VTL violation let alone that he had probable cause of one. Instead, the officer testified that the primary motivation for the stop was that defendant was holding an object in his waistband, but admitted that he did not know what the object was, except that it was bulky. This observation of course fell well short of establishing reasonable suspicion of criminality, see for example Holmes, Stewart. Indeed, at no point before the stop did the officer's suspect defendant was carrying contraband and, in fact, they were caught, off guard after the stop when defendant admitted that he was carrying a gun. 4. An officer's stop of a moving bicyclist constitutes a seizure. On the record before us, Supreme Court should have suppressed the gun as the product of an impermissible stop because the officers lacked reasonable suspicion of criminal activity or probable cause that defendant had violated the rules of the road while riding his bicycle. Since no other admissible evidence exists to establish the crime, the prosecution would be unable to secure a conviction on the gun possession count without the gun recovered from defendant and his statements to the police. Therefore, the indictment must be dismissed, see for example Henshaw. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be reversed, defendant's motion to suppress granted and the indictment dismissed. Order reversed, defendant's motion to suppress granted and indictment dismissed. Opinion by Judge Rivera Chief Judge Wilson and Judges Troutman and Egan Jr. concur. Judge Singh's dissents and votes to affirm in an opinion, in which Judges Garcia and Canataro concur. Judge Halligan took no part. Decided November 21, 2023.
Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.